just, well, you said the love wasn't big enough for your problems. Yeah, we didn't love mm. each other enough to forget all the problems. The problems became mm. bigger than our feelings for each other. Wow. Okay. Um, and and I think that's a big lesson. Like you can still mm-hmm. love each other, you can still love each other and just not be right for each other anymore. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Three Questions by Corey Kareem, uh, the show where we sit down with some amazing people who have done some amazing things or who have been through some amazing experiences. And we have them share their experiences and talk about not their successes, but talk about what they learned from their failures. So with that being said, I'd like to introduce you to my first guest, who's a mom of two teenage boys and who was married for 18 years together for over 20 years, but now recently divorced. So, which leads me to today's uh, conversation, what I learned from marriage and divorce. So uh, Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Awesome. So uh, first of all, I know this could be a, an uncomfortable conversation, but I, I, I applaud you for being vulnerable and, and displaying courage to have this conversation. But I know this is something that a lot of people will get uh, something out of. So I definitely want to applaud you for that. I hope so. Thank you. Awesome. So three questions. So, you know, I'm going to ask you three questions, which in honesty is more like five when I think about them. <laughs> okay. But um, I'm going to ask you three questions. Uh, about your experience and, and hopefully everyone can take some some tidbits and nuggets uh, from what you've been through. So uh, my first question, question number one is based on your experience from being married for over 20 years or 18 years, excuse me, uh, and now divorced, uh, what are some of the misconceptions you believe couples have about marriage? I think, um, and I definitely felt this in on a long, long time ago, uh, 1995, mm-hmm. um, that marriage will change a person, mm-hmm. that the problems that you experience as a couple will be erased by that magical piece of paper or that big party and, you know, the family and friends dancing on the dance floor. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't. Um, you know, the wedding's great. First year of marriage is damn hard. And I think that's where the awakening happens. It's like, oh, crap, like the next day, things don't feel different. <laughs> you know, that's a question on that. Why is it the first year? Because you're, you're not like them. I don't want to exaggerate and say the millionth person, but I've also I've often heard the first two years specifically are challenging. I'm curious to know. Together. We lived together for three years, two years before we got married. So it's not like I was going into it blindly mm. either. Like we knew each other. We had lived in each other's spaces. We had arguments. We lived in a very small small condo downtown Toronto. Um, there was no space to fight and argue. Um, but those same arguments and those same issues presented themselves after we got married. And I think we really loved each other. I mean, that's the, that is the truth. And I will put that out there. We really loved each other, but we had a lot of issues 
that we didn't work through before we got married. And mm-hmm. I think I was naive. I was young and maybe I was 25, I guess, uh, 23 when we met. And I thought marriage would change that. I thought marriage would maybe change him, maybe change me. We would figure it all out. Um, and people don't change ultimately. Right. And so with that being said, what do you believe couples should do or really consider before they say, yes, you know, I do? I think doing some work before you get married is really, really important. Um, And I think probably 25 years ago, you know, therapy and couples therapy, people still, it was still taboo. People didn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have couples therapy for people who are considering getting married, you know, where before it was only when your marriage is in trouble that you might go see a therapist. Like, why don't you like put in the work to find some really great skills and tools. If there are some things that are challenges in your relationship, fine tune them before you get into that long-term commitment. Um, and because I think that sets up the expectation that it will always be work. Relationships are work, whether it's a romantic relationship, a marriage, friends, family, whatever relationships do take work. It's, it's a give and take. And I think in marriage, um, people work at it at different times. And I I can find, I can literally remember times where he was fighting harder Mm. through a challenge where I was maybe not so convinced we should work at this then there were times where he was not so convinced we should work or that there was a problem and I was like no we got to work on this Um, we weren't always aligned in our efforts Mm. that's that's big yeah and and I think that that was probably that led to the end was that disconnect of we're not working together on this anymore Right, right. And and with that, the last part, a follow up to my, my first question, which is paying to be three, but <laughs> I feel like you just have so much to offer here. And it's very rich information is you mentioned, you use the word piece of paper. And often I know as, as a man, guys, we kind of deflect and be like, you know, we've been living together, it's just a piece of paper. And you're saying that it doesn't change anything which almost sounds like what the guys lean to in their argument you know why do we need this piece of paper it won't change anything we're already living together and you're saying that it's 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 kind of almost like that so could you expand upon that a little bit yeah and I think that's where I am right now in my life as far as new relationships Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really on the fence I'm not pro or against marriage at this point I think Mm -hmm. I will figure that out when I get to that point in a relationship, whether it will make a difference or not. And Mm. and really the ultimate thing is legal issues. Mm. (laughs) Um, I mean, even if you're not married, you still have to go through the separation stuff I had to go through with lawyers, which is not fun at all. It's really, really a horrible, horrible thing to go through. Um, But you still have to do that if you're common law or whatever. So that doesn't even negate that. Um, I think the commitment piece I've learned, I'm, I've learned more now. I don't think you need to be married to have a commitment. Um, some people might think that's still important, but I think it's probably based on tradition. And I think when I was 22, I had one view of my future and it was traditional. It right. was get married, have kids, take someone's last name, raise kids together not quite a white picket fence, but the suburbs, we moved in, you know, out of the city. Yeah. Um, 
there was a view I had and it wasn't his view. Mm. And, and looking back, um, that was something that definitely impacted our first couple of years. So when you say, why are those first two years hard? It's like, I had this view of what it was going to be and his was different. And while we wanted to be together, the view of what that meant and what it looked like was very different. Right, right, right. And I think you just, you, you, you brought up a very valid point, you know, yes, you know, it's obvious that you should align on your values and beliefs and granted, you might have things that you believe differently, but you know, that, that vision, what's, what is your five-year plan look like? I think, you know, that's a key question that a lot of uh, couples, I think some couples do ask that, but some might overlook it because in the rush and the hype of getting married and, you know, fulfilling cultural obligations or milestones, right? It's on their, their checklist. They've got the job they wanted, you know, they got the house they wanted. Now they just need that partner. Yeah. And you know what? I think there's almost like you have to have three visions. Mm -hmm. It's like, what's your own personal vision and goal? What's your partner's personal vision and goal? And then what's your goal as a couple? Mm. And, and now being, you know, divorced and looking for a really wonderful relationship in my life, that is a hundred percent what my focus will be. What is us? What is you? What is me? And I think when you're young, you just don't think in those terms. Maybe right. the different generations different than me because I was way more traditional. It was really like, I'm going to be a wife. I'm going to be a mother. Mm-hmm. And I'm a feminist and like a pretty progressive thinker, mm-hmm. but I was still stuck in those traditional roles mm. for sure. Um, so I think I would have those discussions about what's your goal? What's my goal? What's our goal? And are they aligned? And can they work together for the next 50 years? That's key. That's key and insightful. I really like that. I, I, I'm, I'm taking that in. So uh, let's go on to question number two. So till death do us part. Yes. So we sometimes hear about couples staying together for the sake of the kids or to avoid shame or even the headache of going through the tumultuous experience. Like you mentioned, the lawyer process of the divorce is, is really tough yeah. uh, and uncomfortable. But, you know, based on your experience and opinion, when do you believe someone should leave? And when do you believe someone should stay? Like based on your opinion, are there like any signs is is basically what I'm asking. Yeah, so um, it was a rocky last couple of years in our marriage for sure. And it was kind of that he wanted to work in this way. I wanted to work on it in this way, but we just were not aligning and anything we tried wasn't kind of sticking. but we loved each other and, um, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately that wasn't big enough for our problems. Um, so I remember. So just, hold on, you said the love wasn't big enough for your problems. Yeah, we didn't love mm. each other enough to forget all the problems. The problems became mm. bigger than our feelings for each other. Wow. Okay. Um, and, and I think that's a big lesson. Like you can, still mm-hmm. love each other, you can still love each other and just not be right for each other anymore. Mm. um and and yeah I didn't um we didn't get divorced because we didn't have feelings for each other it was just too much so I mean we had kids uh you know they were early teens uh when we first separated um when I saw that the kids were seeing things Mm. um that's 
that was a huge red flag for me that this can't continue. Right. They can't continue to watch this for lots of reasons. Um, we couldn't hide it in front of them anymore. So that right. was that was a big one for me. Um, the other piece was, um, and I, I will never forget kind of that time near the end, it was like, I just didn't recognize myself anymore. Mm. And if I didn't get out of that feeling and what it was doing to me personally, um, even just the fight and the, the pain of wanting something so badly that wasn't working, um, I just didn't recognize myself. And I thought if I don't get out of this, I'm going to be lost forever. Like I will never get myself back. Um, that was, that was hard. That was right. hard. Right. And, you know, you bring up a very interesting point. What, when you said, you know, we loved each other, but the love wasn't big enough to override the challenges and the issues that we were facing as a couple. And I think that's a big thing, like just couples in general, whether they're married or not, um, get stuck in that phase like oh I love him I love him or I love her I love her but your relationship is is not conducive to each other's growth but you guys love each other and so I think that was a, a very key point that you you took the time to to call out that you can love somebody but recognize you know what we don't make a good team yeah. and I think that's really key when now that I'm thinking about it because I'm thinking about this in real time that when you're in the choosing process, I think other than the love factor that you might have for this person, the other question is, do you guys make a great team? Yeah. And it reminds me of something I thought about myself when I you, when you asked the question, you know, does this person bring the best out of you? Do you and this person make a great team? And the third question is, do you desire that person? Because I personally believe at the end of the day, you can have the love, the warm and fuzzies, all that stuff. But if you don't desire to really be with that person, it's probably not going to work. Yeah. And I think, um, I think we just weren't friends in the way that was sustainable over time. Mm. I think we connected on a lot of mutual interests. I think we had passion. I think we had like connections in other ways but when it came down to it our friendship should have been a foundation Oof. and so a big piece of my lesson is and on my wish list for that next relationship is man I want to be friends I think you just brought up something that I, you just triggered something so let me with that with with this with that what you just said um do you believe um and I know many people get married for different reasons. So do you believe that an ideal situation is where the husband and wife or the couple, if they're not married yet, are best friends or on their way to becoming best friends or have that type of best friend type of culture? Um, I think about this one a lot. I don't know that you have to be best friends. Mm -hmm. Like I have, a female friend that I would say is my best friend, mm -hmm. but um, you need, they need to be your person. Mm. Like that needs to be the one you call when shit goes wrong, that you call when you're excited. Is that a best mm. friend? Is that like a 
close friend, whatever the term is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it has to be your only best friend. You know, you might have multiple best friends. Maybe you have right. a few friend and your partner is your best friend. I don't right. know that. I would say that is reasonable to have two best friends, mm-hmm. you know, someone who's your partner and someone who's, you know, a girlfriend you've known for your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had friendships in my dating life that are amazing. And mm-hmm. like, you know, my last relationship, we were best friends, mm. best friends. And when we weren't together, um, I missed that friendship more than anything, any other aspect of our relationship. And it just made me realize how that's what I want for a long-term relationship next time around. And that I didn't have it in my marriage to the degree that it could be. Right, right. Yeah. No, I, I like that you you went there because I was thinking about it then I almost forgot about it. So. Thank you for bringing it up. Okay, so question number three. We're taking it home here. <laughs> this is a popular one, and I almost <laughs> forgot to ask it, but for me, just so you know, Heather, my best thoughts come very early in the morning or very late at the night. That's how my brain works. So I was I was going over the questions, and then I thought of this one just before I was going to hit send. I was like, no, 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 there's more to this. So question number three. For the young woman that has been with their partner for, let's say, five years, who, like you, very traditional, wants that traditional marriage, they're already living with their partner right now. And the partner is still reluctant to propose for whatever reason. What is your advice to that young lady? And on the flip side, what would your advice also be to the young man that you know, loves his girl, loves his woman, but feels pressured either from the family or from, you know, friends and people in the network to propose. What's what's your advice to those two different people? So I'm going to get super real right now and say Yes, that- yes, yes. <laughs> Let's get it. And say that when I was living with my ex-husband before we were married, I felt the pressure to get married and it was not my first choice to live together first. And I pressured him for sure. Mm. Um, I gave him like a deadline um, and that man. <laughs> so you, right pressured, now, you pressured him to get married or you pressured him yes. to move in? Okay. No, I pressured him to get married for sure. Okay. And he actually had the ring for a long time before he proposed. So I'm like, wow. what do you think? Len, I found it. <laughs> what are you doing? Wow. What are you thinking about here? Um, but he waited till like the last minute to propose wow. on our like timeline. You know, we lasted 18 years. So I'm, I don't think I pushed him, pushed him. But I, I think, and I don't know when he would have been on a better timeline, but mm-hmm. don't push your guy. Don't push your guy. Um, but also <laughs> don't get into a relationship, a living arrangement, any other partnership commitment, unless you're both aligned in where that's going. Mm. And I know women my age back in the day who lived with men for five, six, seven, eight years, these women wanted to get married. The guys were never going to get married. They made it clear. They were crystal clear the minute they got together. And these women thought that they'd change their mind one day mm-hmm. and it doesn't happen. And it's not fair to expect it. So if you want to get married and your guy is, is being really clear and saying, this is not part of my life plan, but I really love you and I want to be with you forever and we're committed, mm-hmm. but marriage is not going to be part of that commitment and that promise to each other. 
but marriage is important to you, you have a decision to make. Wow. Wow. Yeah. No, that's impactful. And so it's about being honest and, and really being clear on what you want and, and being open to taking the risk to leave and lose someone if those are not aligned. And that's hard. Yeah, it, it is hard because I, I call that the the point of, it seems like the point of no return because for using the scenario that I just painted where this person's been living with this person for you know five years or however long it is, and they love each other, they have a good thing going on, but they just need that thing on the finger. Is it really worth it to start all over again? Um, and so that's where it becomes, you know, a little bit problematic and sticky for that person. Is it really worth starting all over again, just so you can find someone that wants that? But I guess teach their own. It depends on the person, right. um, how for bad they want. Well, it is for some people it is, it's worth leaving that and starting over because that's what you want for your life. That's your personal goal. Right. Um, but you need to be aligned on that. Like it's, you know, I wouldn't wait five years to get to that confrontation of now what do we do like that should be the discussion point before you move in together and I don't Mm. see anything wrong with saying you know for a guy to say like I'm not ready now I'm not ready next year I think I'll be ready to have this discussion in three years you know I I do want to get married one day I'm just I'm not there yet Mm -hmm. um I think that's totally cool and then a woman can decide if waiting if that timeline works for her but if a guy has no intention of getting married because it's just not important um, then you have to be transparent and clear on that. That's that's fair. Right. And so with that last scenario you given, let's say the guy gives the, gives her a time frame, whatever that time frame is, that time frame comes and still no action. What's your advice in that particular situation? Then it's, you know, do you stay and wait another three years if that guy's saying, I just need more time? Or, and do you believe that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or do you say, listen, we had this transparency. We had these discussions. I gave you patience and time and commitment. We came to this compromise, even though I wanted to be married three years ago. Now we're at three years. Is this ever going to happen? And if it isn't, I might not be able to be in this relationship anymore. Um, and I think a woman has to be transparent too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, within that, what is the most valuable lesson you have learned from being married and getting divorced. Oh my gosh. Okay. The big thing is marriage does not fix problems. Mm. Absolutely not. Um, So it is a really good idea to work on those problems before you get married. If you are heading into marriage, work Mm. on them first. Don't think that a ring and a ceremony is going to, you know, magically change those, those things. It's worth the time and effort to fix those those problems, find some tools and strategies to make whatever those problems are a little bit easier for the long term. It's a long haul. Um, and I think the other piece from divorce is that all those problems in your marriage don't go away <laughs> with divorce. But like if you don't have kids, yes, probably you can just, you know, buy paperwork, it, you know, go your separate ways, sign off and you're good. You never really have to interact. If you have kids together with many, which many people do when they divorce, Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they're younger, it's even more so. We, I had, you know, young teenagers. Um, you're still in a relationship. It's not mm-hmm. a marriage. It's not a marriage. But I think that was my biggest surprise. It's like wow. all the difficult conversations and issues between us. 
um, on both sides haven't gone away. Like we can still trigger each other. We can still mm -hmm. upset each other. We know those buttons to push. Um, we're just not married anymore and we're still doing it <laughs> because we have kids. Right. Um, it's, that's really hard. It's like, just because you're divorced doesn't mean those problems go away either. Right, right. Wow. That, that's, uh, that's an insight um, <laughs> I never even thought about, but it makes perfect, uh, perfect sense. So um, that concludes the, this episode on marriage and divorce. And I've just gotten a couple of things I just want to uh, recall upon. And that's one, you mentioned the importance of having uh, friendship. Uh, before getting into marriage and doing the work before you propose, propose or even say I do, taking the time to go through therapy or some type of marriage counseling, which brings me to this thought that um, I feel that, you know, I, I did this post uh, many months ago. I said three things that are easier to do than getting married. And it was like getting a driver's license. I think another thing was... Um, are more difficult to do than getting married, getting a driver's license, uh, getting insurance, and there was something else. And I was like, why are these things so much easier or so much more difficult to do than getting married? Because literally you could just walk in, sign a piece of paper, it's done. You don't need the ceremony, any of that jazz, and, and that's done. And if it's and if you talk to anybody that's been married or that is married, they say it's one of the most important decisions you'll ever make in your life. And I'm just wondering if it's that important, shouldn't we as a society, as a culture, make it a little bit more difficult? We have to go through testing for everything. Products have to go through testing before they hit the market. Shouldn't a couple have to go through some type of testing before they go to that stage? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what that looks like and it might look yeah. different for every couple, but I, I do think checking in with a counselor, whether it's a religious person that's in right. your life and you can go to, um, you know, some sort of religious counseling, um, talking to family or friends, having that third party, right. taking a course together, all of those things. And you know what? Don't stop doing it either. When things are good, keep doing it. Keep right. going to that check-in. Keep going to those couples counseling. Um, you know, it's it's nice to have that third party. We did counseling and, you know, it did help a little bit at certain yeah. times in our relationship. But um yeah, keep doing it. Keep doing the work. It, it is work. Yeah. And so the biggest takeaway that I've gotten from this conversation, just as someone listening to you here, is that when you said, you know, you can love somebody and realize that this isn't the best situation for the both of you. And I think that's a very key takeaway that a lot of people easily miss. And I just want to take the time to kind of reflect upon that. But Heather, I thank you so much for taking uh, your time and your energy to come bless us on this platform for joining me here on Three Questions by Corey Kareem. Um, is there anywhere do you want people to follow you? I don't know if you promote your social handles or you promote anything. Uh, well, I'm, I changed my name. That's one thing that comes with divorce. <laughs> so I am Ms. Heather Oliver on social media. And uh, yeah, I'd love to connect with people on there. Awesome, guys. Awesome. And if you guys want to follow me, you can find me on Instagram at, at Corey Kareem. On Twitter, it's at Corey Kareem one or you can go on YouTube as well and just type in Corey Kareem. You can see a lot of my videos there. Uh, Heather, thank you so much again for joining us on this show. Thank you, guys. And remember that if you want to impress upon people, you can do so best by sharing some of the experiences, the failures and the lessons that you've been through. 
Peace and love, guys. We're out.